This is Ethan, and I'm here with my mom and my grandma, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 10 centimeter. Today we're going to be reviewing the Weird Al show in Toronto at the Budweiser stage on July 8th, 2019. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. All right, so I am here after seeing the show in Toronto with my mom and my grandma. How's it going? Great. Great. Hello. <laughs> you guys were not at the show, but I, I thought maybe you could uh, help weigh in since I, I did not have Dave with me at the show. And I'm recording this after uh, Jeremy's already long gone, so uh, you guys can support me on the and the parts where I get stuck and uh, where I need your support for opinions on different uh, things. I, I definitely will have some opinions coming up uh, this show, and you guys uh, can can just agree with me. I think that's probably the best way to do it. We'll see. All right. So. Um, after the Pittsburgh show, uh, Dave and I, uh, we were able to record our interview with Eric the Conductor, and then we did our uh, nine centimeter episode, and then bright and early the next morning, uh, Dave and Jackie went their separate ways, and Jeremy and I took a road trip up to Toronto, a nice five-hour drive. We uh, we got to the border crossing, and um, we, you know, I hand the guy my enhanced driver's license i hand him my passport and i was like you know I, I wanted to make sure i had everything so i'm gonna hand you both he said just hand me one i was like well which one do you want he's like it doesn't matter <laughs> so uh so i handed it to him he's like what are you doing uh, crossing the border i was like oh going to see a weird al show where's the show it's at the budweiser stage uh are you gonna be um selling any merchandise uh no do you have any narcotics or weapons? No. Okay. Have a good time. <laughs> we got across the border. Um, so, I mean, we could be smuggling drugs, but they, uh, I guess they appreciate when you're just a Weird Al fan and uh, you get a little bit of leniency. So, luckily, we were not smuggling any mark narcotics or, uh, or weapons across the border, but um, we probably could have gotten away with it. Weird Al's a good cover story. Uh, so, we get to the venue and we get there a little bit early. And uh, Jeremy and I were lucky enough to have VIP that night, um, which was really exciting. And that would be my the first time I had VIP this tour. Uh, so it was, it was a, a great experience. We got our cool posters. Uh, of course, it's the Addicted to Spuds poster. with a, It's like a Mr. Potato Head with... Um, it's like women's legs and stockings. And because of uh, Susan uh, McNabb's uh, legs in the UHF video from the recent episode... I kind of think it's like Mr. Potato Head meets Susan McNabb. So you guys will have to be the judge of that. You'll have to take a look. Um, but we got a good parking spot. We get in. And uh, as we're waiting for the doors for VIP to open, um, these these two, um, uh, a, a guy and his girlfriend or wife, they walk over and they have these amazing Weird out puppets. Did you guys see the video I posted? Yes, that was awesome. So yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. So I had actually seen that online. Um, they must have posted it on Reddit or on a Facebook group, and I had seen it a few days ago. So um, actually seeing them in person was really cool. And uh, I started to talk to them. I gave them some stickers, 
and uh, um, uh, the video you saw, we got them to record a little promo for the podcast. It was really cool. Um, so definitely check them out. It's uh, Dirk and Toffelmeyer. And uh, if you head over to 2000 Inch on Instagram or Twitter, uh, we have it tagged there. So you can go right over to their thing. And uh, I think they're professional puppet makers. And they, they did a really cool job. Did you see it, Grandma? I did see it. Isn't it cool? Yeah. They, so they had the old Al, the retro Al, and the new Al. And it's so funny to say new Al because it's literally been 20 years of new Al. But it's still, I mean, in comparison, new Al without the, the glasses or the mustache. But uh, they had all sorts of Al's represented and they were really cool. Um, and I saw them throughout the night. People just were swarming them, taking pictures and talking to the Al puppets. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, so we get to, uh, we got to go through the, the security. Uh, we got to go in early as VIPs and, um, immediately we meet this guy, uh, his name's Emo and he was very eccentric and he, uh, he told me that he had a YouTube channel and, uh, he told me that, um, he sent Weird Al a friend request on Facebook and he accepted it and, uh, he was, uh, he had a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure that Weird Al has a personal Facebook page, but um, you know this guy might be getting catfished by <laughs> some other <laughs> Al uh, wannabe out there, but uh, at least it made his day. He was very excited about it, and um, I actually saw him throughout the show uh, out of his chair just dancing around, so <laughs> he was a very happy guy. Uh, so met him. Um, oh, I did, I did see a, a few people with a cool t-shirt, so I took a couple pictures uh, of some cool shirts I was able to find. And uh, I'm always jealous when people find these really cool Weird Al shirts that I've never seen before. Um, but sometimes these websites will do a, you know, just flash sale where they'll put out a, a t-shirt for a few days and they'll only make a couple and then it's gone. So if you don't know about it, if you're not uh, familiar with that website specifically, you may never get it. So um, it's really cool to get to see those. And um, so we're, we're entering the venue and it is it was the first outdoor venue uh, for me, this tour, and um, it was this huge, really, really cool uh, space where you go in, and it's right near, I believe, Lake Ontario, and it, you know, you get a great view of Toronto. You can see the CN Tower. It's right on the water, and there's all these. Um, there was food trucks. There was food stalls, and uh, it was really cool. So we go in, and first thing I look at is um the marquee it's a uh, so it's called the budweiser stage and uh, they have this marquee where it's essentially one of those budweiser bow ties just kind of you know jutting out of the ground and it's all lit up it's really cool so uh jeremy and a guy got jeremy and i got some pictures there and uh we took some pictures for other people and it was uh, it was really cool and they also had um i don't remember what they called it. it's it's like uh this walkway of artist artwork i guess is is the way to uh is the way to put it and um someone had recently added al to this uh walk with the artwork and it's a a really cool um it's a, i'll show you mom this is what it looks like so it's, wow. it's really um bizarre it's it's like weird al yeah. in space and his face is peeling off of the skull Wow. And there's like eyeballs sticking oh out. Gosh. Really bizarre. It's uh, it's done by this guy, uh, Paul Jackson, and um, <laughs> you know. So Jeremy and I were we're being brought in with the, this group, and they're like, you know, bringing all the VIPs to a certain area, 
and I spot this and it's, um, I knew to look for it. So I was, you know, I was looking for it and I spotted it and I wanted to grab some pictures. And, um, once I was done grabbing pictures, I turned around and the entire group was gone. And so we're like, I don't know where the <laughs> VIPs went, but we just, you know, uh, we, we made our own way. Um, we went over to the merch stand and what was, what I was really excited to look at was how the prices differed in Canada from, from us. Cause obviously there's a currency exchange and the U.S. dollar is a bit stronger than, than Canadian. So I was wondering if they would change the prices. So I, I did go through. Um, I took some pictures of it. So I had a reference of uh, the pricing. Let me see if I can find that. So um, the regular T-shirts, uh, which are $30 in U.S., were $40 Canadian, which roughly mm-hmm. translates to a little bit more expensive. Uh, so you don't really make any money. Um, they did a good job kind of upping them just enough that it was fairly even. Uh, but the one thing that they um, they didn't adjust is um, Al's wife, Suzanne, is an incredible, incredibly talented photographer. And um, on the merch uh, booth this year, they have three of Suzanne's prints available for sale. They're really beautiful. They're super high quality. They're hand signed and numbered by her. Um, but they are on the higher end. Uh, and they are $100 US each. So if you want the full set, that's $300. Mm-hmm. And as a super collector, I want everything, especially these really cool um, images. So I'll, I'll zoom in and show you um, what they look oh. like. So that's, you know, close up of Al, uh, that waterfall one. Um, he's, it, you know, at the bottom of the waterfall. Um, they're really cool. And wow. for the last couple shows, and ever since the tour started and I knew about these, I was like, I'm on the fence. It's like, I need to have these, but man, dropping $300 at once for, for three um, prints, it's tough to do, uh, especially with all the other great merch. So it's really on the fence for $300 for all of them. But I get to Canada and they're selling them for $300 Canadian each. They didn't update oh. the price. So really, you do the math. Uh, if you buy all three, Instead of paying three hundred dollars U.S. after the conversion, you're paying two hundred and twenty-five for all three. Wow, that's wow. great. So, that's I wasn't sure if it was a mistake. I wasn't sure. Uh, I didn't want to risk it, so I bought all three, and I'm super glad I did. Um, they're really beautiful. I can't wait to get them framed. Um, but that was a great deal. So I don't know if the other Canadian shows will uh, retain that um, hundred dollar um, price, or if they're going to update it. Um, as they did with the other stuff. Um, I'll just bounce through a couple more of the prices. The messenger bag was 50 Canadian. Uh, the lunchbox was 25. The mug was $20. The notebook was $20. The keychain was still $5. So you actually get a little bit of a deal if you buy it in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bag of pins was 25 and the bag and the, uh, sticker series, the sticker set was $20. And let me see if there's anything I forgot. Um, the hats were 35, the sweatshirt, normally 50, was 65, the button-up Weird Al shirt was 90, which is normally 70, and the socks were 25, and the tote bag was 20. So I think that's everything. Um, but what was also really cool, so at the merch booth, um, they had kind of a schedule of the evening taped on the counter, and one thing that was interesting is, um, I know in a previous episodes, Dave and I weren't really sure what to call the opening 
of the show because when you 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 go to the Weird Al concert, the first twenty minutes is just the symphony orchestra. Then there's an intermission, and then Al comes out with the symphony. So we weren't sure if we called it the opening set or you know orchestra only. Um, but what was really interesting, they had these schedules taped, and on it they call that segment the Stormtroopers Symphony. So that's the first time. Uh, as far as I'm aware, that they had a name for that. I'm not sure if that's the official name or something that the venue put together, um, but I, I found that to be interesting. So I took a picture of that. Um, nice. It said, all time subject to change, and it had an 11 o'clock curfew. So um, not sure exactly what that meant, but I was happy to see that. Uh, so... Then, um, you know, it was, it was uh, after driving all day and crossing the border, it was time to grab some food before the concert started. So we started to check out these food trucks. Jeremy beelined right for the poutine. They had a whole food truck <laughs> of just poutine, which is uh, a Canadian delicacy. It's just French fries covered in gravy and cheese curds. And uh, he said it was wonderful. Uh, that is not the type of fare I typically go for. So I was, uh, I was actually waiting in line. They had a, um, a, a taco truck. And they had um, these vegetarian cauliflower tacos. And I was like, oh, these sound great. Uh, so I'm waiting in line for that. And there was a monster energy drink truck. And there were a bunch of dudes out there uh, dressed in monster gear. And they had, like, megaphones. And uh, as I'm waiting in line, I hear this guy shout out. He's like, hey, come over. Answer Weird Al trivia and you can win prizes. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to do that. And um, I uh, went right over and I went up to the guy and I said, hey, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to answer some Weird Al trivia. He's like, oh, are you sure you're going to be able to handle it? He's like, all you got to do is you got to answer one question correctly and you can either get a wristband or a koozie. And I said, how many questions are there? He said, there's 18 questions. Um, I said, uh, I will answer all 18 and I will get all of them correct. And he's like, uh, really? Really? <laughs> I was I was I, I was feeling pretty confident that uh, I could answer these monster energy drink Weird Al trivia questions. Um, of course, as long as they are actual Weird Al trivia, I have no issue with them. Um, but as I found out, there were a couple that I don't think were fair Weird Al questions. Uh, so I'll, I'll get your opinion, guys, on uh, on this. But you know, some of the let me give you some examples of the questions. Um, one of the questions was. Uh, in 1989, Weird Al released a movie. What is the name of that movie? Can either of you answer that one? UHF. UHF. It's a very easy one. Right. And a very easy question. So, you know, it starts off very easy. And there are, it is multiple choice. Uh, but for a majority of these, I didn't need to wait for the answer. I, I answered it. Um, he started asking stuff like, okay, so in UHF, um, there is a character played by Michael Richards. Who is, you know, what character is Michael Richards best known for playing? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know the answer to it, right? Yeah, Kramer. Kramer from Seinfeld. So the guy asked me this question. I, I could have just said Kramer, but, um, you know, I wanted to really uh, exert my Weird Al knowledge. So I said, well, um, he may be best known for a different role, but as a huge Weird Al fan, I know him best as Stanley Spadowski from UHF. Uh, the answer you're probably looking for, however, is Cosmo Kramer, the character he played on the popular sitcom Seinfeld. And the guy was starting to get really annoyed with me, and he's like, "You just say, you just say the answer. You don't need to tell me the other stuff." And he's like, "There's 18 questions. I don't need to." And so, like, you know, then there was a question like, um, 
Which U.S. state was Weird Al born? Do you guys know that question, that answer? California. California. See, my mom knows all these answers. You know, if, if you were at the Toronto show and you're getting these wrong, uh, shame on you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so he asked me that and I said, well, Weird Al was born in Downey, California, but he grew up in Linwood, California. And the guy just, again, was getting annoyed. He said, you just, just say California. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're going through these questions. Um, there was a tricky one. Um, he asked which... Um, I, I don't have the wording down for the, the question, but... Uh, one of them was an answer that probably would be a lot easier for someone who is a Toronto native because Al filmed his, um, not too long, a couple years ago, his Comedy Central special was filmed in Canada and the question was, which venue uh, was it filmed at? And after he read the four choices, I was able to get it correct. Uh, the Massey Hall. I think it's pronounced the Massey Hall. Um and uh, so I got that one correct. That was that was a actual pretty decent Weird Al question, like a real trivia question. That one was uh, that was good. That was a challenge. Uh, that's not something a, a common fan would know. Um, so then he got started getting into uh, some weird stuff, and um, there was one question. And I'm not. I'm admittedly not uh, super knowledgeable when it comes to the original artist. If it's about Weird Al, I can answer the question all day. If it's about you know something about the artist that he parodied, then it's it's not. I'm not as strong uh, in that that field. Dave, you know, beats me very. He's really good at that stuff. Uh, I I know Weird Al, and that that's where my focus is. I don't necessarily focus on the original artists as much. But um, so one of the questions was um, Weird Al's Amish Paradise is a parody of of uh, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, who, which. Who's the singer of the song that Coolio sampled in Gangster's Paradise? And do you guys know? Do you know that, Mom? Mm, no, I don't. So the the answer is Stevie Wonder, and um, I that was going to be my guess, but I did I, I wanted to make sure I got to hear all eighteen questions because we we made this deal. <laughs> so the guy the guy you know as we're going and I'm getting these right, I was like, um, you know, if I get all these right, I should get more than a, a koozie right. and a. A, a, a wristband is like I want a Monster Energy drink. He's like, well, you know, we're not allowed to give out the Monster Energy drinks because they're also selling them here. Um, and I was like, well, if I get these right, I hope you can make an exception. And he like kind of looked around. He's like, don't tell anyone, but I'll give you one if you get them all right. <laughs> so <laughs> you just told people. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> oh well. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, I you know I had a I had many stakes riding. I wanted a free energy drink, so um, I did ask to skip and return to that question. Uh, even though, as it turns out, I knew the answer. I wanted to hear all eighteen. So I go through. I be breeze past. We get to the eighteenth question, and this is where uh, I, I feel there's some controversy. The question um, was, uh, which actor starred in the Netflix original movie, The Polka King? Oh man, and uh, I will be the first person to say I've never heard of the movie Polka King on Netflix. This is a movie. I looked it up um, afterwards. Uh, it's a movie that came out in 2017. It's on Netflix. It got terrible reviews. <laughs> no one ever saw it. And, you know, yes, Weird Al plays the accordion. Yes, he does songs that um, involve polka. But I'm not entirely sure that I would count that as Weird Al trivia. No. Um, you know, they're, they're asking about something really obscure that, um, has nothing to do with Al, quite frankly. 
Um, ju- and, and I argued with the guy when he, he said that, he asked the question. He's like, well, I say that Weird Al uh, plays polka before I ask the question. So there's the Weird Al fact in there and that's how it ties in. I was like, ah, I don't think that's how it works. Um, <laughs> but at this point, um, another employee came over and he was watching in awe as I was answering these questions. And, uh, and I, I say in awe, in, you know, in the Weird Al fan community, I'm sure a lot of, uh, a lot of fans would be getting these correct. Um, you know, unless you're a, a casual fan uh, or maybe, you know, recently uh, turned on to Weird Al, you're not going to be getting these questions. But they, they weren't that hard, um, except for, of course, the Polka King uh, star question. Um, so that other guy had come over at this point and he said, if you get all 18, right, I'm going to rip that skateboard off the wall and give it to you. <laughs> they, you know, they had this like little, like, uh, you know, garage display. They had like guitars, you know, bolted to the wall and skateboards and neon lights and stuff. And, um, uh, so, you know, the pressure was on. So it comes down to this last question, the Polka King question. And, uh, I can't remember all of the uh options but uh the options for uh, and i'll let you guys guess i'll let you each have a guess and we'll see if you get it right uh the options included uh the star of the polka king netflix original movie uh seth rogan jack black adam sandler or will ferrell that those were the four options uh so it was a 25 percent chance guessing grandma what one would you guess adam sandler Grandma, you would guess Adam Sandler. Mom, who would you guess? Jack Black. Mom would guess Jack Black. So um, I, I've, uh, I'm familiar that Adam Sandler does a lot of stuff on Netflix. He has a, uh, a film deal with them where um, instead of him making films and releasing them in theaters, he's actually just making them right for Netflix. And it's been very popular for, for him because people love Adam Sandler and they can see the movies. So it's a very positive, strong relationship. So... Based on my knowledge of that, I went with Adam Sandler, just like my grandma did, and that was incorrect, and I learned that, in fact, it was Jack Black, so you would have gotten it right. Man, I want my car. You want your skateboard. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, so... I want um, skateboard. <laughs> unfortunately, I got that one wrong. Uh, it, it is so bizarre, because I'm a big fan of Jack Black. I love Tenacious D. Obviously, I like things that have to do with polka. Uh, so the fact that Polka King, starring Jack Black, was able to uh, completely uh, fall out of my radar is an anomaly, <laughs> and and a uh, more of more reason to say that that probably wasn't a super fair question. Um, that an obscure movie that <laughs> really really didn't get promoted anywhere and really had absolutely nothing to do with Weird Al. It wasn't even about the true Polka King, Frankie Yankovic. Um, so there wasn't even the Yankovic connection. It was just a completely, uh, separate story, uh, completely. But the guy was so impressed, uh, that I got everything correct, except for the unfair question that, um, he wanted a picture of me. Um, so he, he decided that for the picture, um, he, he didn't admit that that question was BS, but he did write on the paper, perfect score, 18 out of 18. He handed me a can of Monster, and uh, he took a picture um, for, I guess, Monster social media or something. Nice. So I got my oh, energy nice. drink. Um, I uh, did not get my skateboard. I did get my uh, my drink koozie. And, um, did you get your wristband? 
I, I, you know, I, I didn't even want the wristband. I, I let them keep it for another, uh, another fan, uh, to receive. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, it was really cool. I've never seen, um, like an on-site activation like that. And, and the fact that they took the time to put together, um, 17, uh, great Weird Al questions, <laughs> uh, <laughs> was not lost on me. And I thought that was really fun. And it, um, you know, it was a great activity and, and, you know, enough of those questions were easy enough that I think even younger kids would be able to answer them and, and be happy with, a, a, you know, a, a koozie and a wristband and that kind of stuff. So it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I still don't agree with <laughs> that last question. Um, I am curious, though, any of the listeners, were you aware of the Polk King movie? Uh, have you seen it? Is it worth watching? Uh, I feel like I want to see it just because... Jack Blackson. I, I've never disliked something that Jack Black's been in, um, with one small exception. Uh, there was this movie Bernie that he was in. Did you guys see that movie Bernie? Is that the one where the guy was like dead? Yeah, he was like a funeral director and he like killed a guy. Mm, I don't think that's what. No, I don't think that's what I'm thinking of. It was it was a real bizarre movie, um, and uh, wasn't my favorite. I, I I enjoyed Jack Black. Uh, in it, but the film itself wasn't my favorite. It, it like started off with them doing like an autopsy, and it, it was just gross. Oh, that it, wasn't what I saw. Yeah, it, it it's not the uh, type of film that you would expect from Jack Black. Um, so, um, oh, I'll, I'll just talk about this real quick. So, um, because I left that taco line, by the time I got done with this <laughs> this uh, trivia contest, um, that line was like three times as long. So. Um, I ended up going over, there was this little hamburger um, place, and they had uh, vegetarian Beyond Burgers, and it was a really short line. There was literally only two people ahead of me. I'm like, wow, this is great. So I buy it, and they give me the receipt, and they said, okay, now that you have the receipt, now you have to wait in that line, and they pointed, and there was this insanely huge line, and it wasn't, like, you know when you order food at a restaurant, you know, the order goes back to the chef, and the chef makes your order. Well, no, this was just a long line. Once you get to the front, then you tell them what they what you have. You hand them your sheet, and then they make it. So it was oh, like that's crazy. It, it was crazy. It took it so was. long. So it was probably half an hour in that line. Uh, and I get up, and um, you know, I've watched a lot of those shows like Kitchen Nightmares and Restaurant Impossible. And uh, you know, especially Restaurant Impossible, I love with Chef Robert Robert Irvine on Food Network. Uh, he'll point out when there's health code vi- health code violations. Of course, bar bar rescue they do the same thing. They'll point out all these health code violations. And so I'm standing there, you know. Finally, get up, you know. I order the veggie burger, and I'm watching them because uh, I have to wait for them to cook it now. Now that I've actually gone up and ordered, you know, given them my order, I have to wait for them to cook it and make it. And I'm just witnessing a plethora of health code violations. So the the woman who is taking the receipts, she had gloves on. Great, she has gloves on. But she was taking them with those gloves and then she was touching the lettuce and the tomatoes and the food with those dirty gloves. It was grossing me out, but I was really hungry. The grill master, he was not wearing any gloves. And um, for people who got cheeseburgers, he would take the cheese with his bare hands, put them onto the 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 meat, you know, slap them right down, press them down with his hand. Uh, it was so gross. Um, and I was just trying to, you know, I was like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, thank God I, I ordered no cheese on mine. Um, but then, of course, uh, as after it's done cooking, he brings it over to the bun uh, that they had prepped with their dirty gloves. 
And um, instead of just like kind of shaking the spatula so it slid off, he put his hand on it and dragged it off with his hand. And I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> but um, maybe that's why I have a raspy voice today. Maybe I'm getting sick from <laughs> from that. Um, but man, this has been so much and I still haven't even gone to the concert. So let's jump right into the concert. Um, it's first outdoor venue for me and I ended up having great seats. So um, it was very close, and I notice immediately that there are not uh, the one. There's usually one screen behind Al, um, and that's for, um, of course, the videos during the show. But to the left and to the right of the stage, there were additional screens, and this was a huge venue. I, I wish I knew offhand uh, how many seats it was, but I would guess at least five thousand. It was insanely huge. Wow. This giant amphitheater, super cool. Um, so the show starts with the, uh, Stormtrooper Symphony, and it was amazing. Um, they had, a um, at least three cameras, three iMag systems going, and, um, they utilized those green, those screens so well, they were zooming in on Eric, the conductor, they were zooming in on the orchestra players, um, because, you know, Eric's back is usually to you when he's conducting, you can't really see his expressions, mm -hmm. you can't really see what he's doing, so it was really cool to have that opportunity to, to get a different point of view um, when it came to it. Um, and the, the sound was um, really well mixed. You could hear the orchestra really well. Um, so of course they started off with Indiana Jones. Uh, then they rolled into Mission Impossible. Uh, they rolled into Superman, which was great. And uh, it's so funny, you know, Superman, you think, you know, uh, it's a bird, it's a plane, Superman, um, this, venue it's outdoors and it's also located fairly close to toronto airport so i'm i'm like listening to superman i'm just kind of looking around taking in the venue and i turn around and i see a giant airplane fly by and um i was, I was able to see at least a dozen more times during the show airplanes coming and going from toronto so it was really cool and it it had to do with superman i felt um as uh um, as Superman was, was finishing up, I'm still like looking around, taking in the stage and the scenery. And I noticed there were no confetti cannons. So I was predicting that there would be no confetti during the show. And you're going to have to wait to see, uh, <laughs> if I was right. Um, but that was my prediction. And then someone actually yelled out, yeah, Eric, um, the conductor. And, uh, that person was me. I did yell that out. Um, <laughs> during the, uh, Star Wars uh, theme, Jim, uh, Jim West, actually, I saw him come out on stage and he was taking pictures of, uh, the, the audience and of the orchestra. So he was enjoying it and enjoying the, the cool venue. And, um, you know, it was, uh, the, the show started at eight o'clock, but it was still pretty bright out. And, uh, I noticed that like through the orchestra, um, you know, when you're in a theater, when you're in a venue, when it's dark and everyone's in seats and you're, you're kind of forced to look at the stage, you look at the stage. But I noticed a good portion of people were not even paying attention. They were on their phones. It was pretty disrespectful. Um, but luckily, uh, I didn't see too much of that once Al took the stage. So um, we had the 20-minute intermission and fun zone starts. People are going nuts as the, as the band shows up. And then I saw like a mini standing ovation when Al finally came out. Um, they, they went right into the unplugged medley. Um, Al's mic was not working for the first verse of, uh, Jeopardy. Um, I did notice that, uh, Steve J instead of his typical, uh, in-ear headphones, he was wearing the over the ear, over the ear headphones. Um, then they went right into I Love Rocky Road and Like a Surgeon. Um, 
then Al comes out and he's like, hey, you know, it's great to be in Toronto. Uh, and he's like, uh, Toronto's known for many great things, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> but he said uh, their twine balls leave a lot to be desired. And um, then they went, of course, into twine ball. And I was listening again very closely for the car horn noise during the DeSoto line. I did not hear it for the third show in a row. So I'm hoping that at the Syracuse show, I will hear the horn finally. Um, Jeremy said he didn't hear the horn, though. So um, maybe they missed it. Maybe it wasn't well mic'd. Uh, Word Crimes was great. Um, Then Al says he's got a song for all the ladies he never wants to see again. Does one more minute. And uh, Al, um, of course, goes into the audience for this song. And he walks off the stage in front row center um, is uh, a good friend of mine, another Weird Al super fan, Polly Esther is there. And so Polly Esther, she, uh, not not her real name, (laughs) that's her stage name, but uh, she had her own Weird Al puppet that she brought to the show. She's sitting there and, you know, I immediately see her on the big screen and Al sees her and immediately he, he takes out a scarf and gives it to Polly and it was, it was so awesome. And Bob was sitting right next to her, Bob Groder. Um, it was awesome. So it was really cool. He gave out both scarves. He, he also gave out the fork. And then um, a huge reaction when he pulled out the boxer shorts and tossed them into the audience. Uh, so after one more minute, we got the, uh, the wonderful um, <laughs> uh, drum solo from Bermuda. And then, uh, then they went right into Jurassic Park. And... Um, We've talked about it in the centimeters before uh, the break in the song where Al, you know, sits down and takes a sip of the, the glass. So um, because it was such a wide open, you know, there's no curtains. You can see everything on stage. Um, I decided I would pay attention to see um, what Hawkeye's uh, cue would be for when he comes out with the chair. And um, it is when Al says, oh, no. And that's when uh, Hawkeye starts his walkout. So I thought that was interesting. And, of course, uh, everyone's wondering what was in the glass. It looked orange again. looked like orange juice. There was an orange slice. But it was a different glass this time. It was a flowery painted glass. Um, just to fill you guys in, Dave and I have decided that we are going to start um, cataloging uh, what Al drinks during this song. And every time so far that I've been... It's been orange juice, from what I can tell. Uh, so Al comes out. He says there's a, a special um, announcement from the Recording Industry Association of America and um, goes into Don't Download the Song. And uh, really from the beginning, I saw maybe a dozen or so people with the flashlights turned on on their phone waving them during the song. And it was amazing because by the end of the song, there were at least three or 400 people with uh, the flashlights on and... Uh, I was fairly close to the front, so I was able to turn around and see a lot of flashlights moving, and it was very cool. Um, went into Weasel Swat Stomping Day, uh, which was followed by a bass solo. Again, uh, Steve playing just one note and letting it linger a little bit. Um, then Al went into Tacky, and um, he, he walks off the stage, and you couldn't really hear him. He walked off, and he walked over to um, the security guard right there, and Al like, kind of climbed on the guy and got really close and he was singing. Uh, but just how he was doing it, he, uh, the mic wasn't picking up what he said. So uh, luckily he was on the big screen. So you just saw Al like, you know, making this security guard really uncomfortable. And his eyes got really wide. And it was really funny uh, watching it. Um, so then there's this one line in the song where he says, um, 
are you pregnant girl or just really fat? And he sang it to a slightly overweight woman. Because he just, you know, as he sings each of these lines, he just you know, kind of uh, looks at people in the audience. And so he sings it to this woman. You know, obviously Al's not singling her out. It's just whoever he happens to be next to as he's walking around. And um, he sang that line and the woman looked really offended. She looked really upset. And uh, I heard people next to me like, they they started laughing hysterically when they saw that. And literally through the rest of the song, that's all they could talk about. They're just like, oh, I can't believe you said that to that girl. And it was it was funny. I felt bad for her. Um, then as he was walking back to the stage, some guy was wearing a baseball hat, and he, he ripped it off the guy's head and <laughs> tossed it back to him. It was funny. Um, so then we went into um, Harvey the Wonder Hamster, Um and it was funny, at the end of Harvey the Wonder Hamster, actually a couple of people I saw stood up and gave a standing ovation. Um, we went into Jackson Park Express, which is amazing. Um, Smells Like Nirvana was great. Uh, Good Water Spray. Uh, Dare to be Stupid was great. Um, White and Nerdy was great. Um, it was really cool during White and Nerdy. Um, as, you know, so just to speak of those uh, cameras and screens a little bit more, um, throughout the show, they would go from Al to someone in the band to, you know, maybe Ruben, a close-up of Ruben playing the keyboard to, you know, Eric conducting to someone in the orchestra. It was really interesting um, to get those perspectives. Um, during White and Nerdy, they actually uh, were filming a few people in the audience who were wearing White and Nerdy shirts and dancing in the aisles. Um, so that was that was an interesting thing. Um, of course, then we ended with Amish Paradise, which was amazing. Um, and, uh, followed by the, um, Amish vamp, which is always fun. Uh, as, uh, Steve was leaving at the end of the Amish vamp, um, he, uh, he yanked his beard down and his hat fell off and then he picked up the hat and he put it on Monique as she was walking off the stage. Um, and at that point, once it got time for, for the encore, everyone was standing and cheering and when Ruben came back on stage as the Ruben Perer uh, to play his little bit, um, people didn't sit down. People were still standing. So I was like, all right, well, I, I guess I have to stand uh, so I can see it. And I'm glad I did because I was able to see uh, a really great, diverse um, mix of Star Wars characters. There was, uh, from the left to right, they had Boba Fett, three Stormtroopers, Darth Vader, three more Stormtroopers, Chewbacca... And R2-D2. So it was a really interesting mix. Um, I think the first Chewbacca I've seen on a, um, a Weird Al show from the 501st. And um, during um, the saga begins, uh, I noticed that Chewbacca was actually a great dancer. Usually the... Uh, the so, so the 501st is a, an organization where um, people dress up uh, and cosplay as Star Wars characters. And so every tour stop, Al gets the local chapter to provide people to dance on stage oh. uh, in, in full costume. As you would expect, um, <laughs> people who dedicate themselves to dressing up like Star Wars characters aren't necessarily the best dancers in the world, uh, as it <laughs> turns out, uh, it, from my observations. Not saying anything against them, but uh, I've seen a lot of these shows and I've done my research um anyway uh chewbacca was actually a great dancer he was in rhythm and dancing all around and it was really funny to watch uh chewbacca um al so in the shows without r2d2 that i've seen on this tour al heads right to the uh stormtrooper 
to the audience, right, or audience Steve side of Darth Vader and sings to him. But he actually today or uh, today of the show at Toronto went to the um, stormtrooper who is two to the right of uh, Steve's side of Vader. Um, and then he actually went over and interacted with the R2-D2 quite a bit. And uh, once it came time for the last chorus of Saga Begins, I noticed all the flashlights were out again. This time, thousands of people had the flashlights out. Um, went into the uh, Mexican hat dance bit with Ruben. And then um, for Yoda, for the final song, um, since it was kind of a, a long staircase down, um, Al did not go to the audience or point the microphone down. Uh, so he had the audience sing the first bit. And then instead of going to someone else, he just said, do it better. And I had the audience do it again. So it was funny. And then as I predicted, there was no confetti at the end of the show. And my guess was the confetti was left out because it was an outdoor venue and they didn't want to litter. Um, probably a venue rule. So um, all in all, it was a great show. Um, I think Dare to be Stupid was my pick of the show. Um, so what's really cool about this tour is not only is there a full orchestra, at least a 41-piece orchestra with them and a conductor, they also have three backup singers with them. Um, Lisa, Popeil, Monique, and Scotty. And um, it's they're so fun because you, you hear them singing the backup and they sing the, you know, some songs have female parts and they're, they're singing. They all are synchronized dancing. They have these little moves. They have, um, you know, little things they do for different songs like, uh, during Dare to be Stupid, when he sings the line, can I have a volunteer? Uh, they raise their hand. You know, like just little things like that really adds a lot to the experience. So that was really interesting to see. Um, so then we, um, for the VIP, we stayed in our seats. It was a little bit uh, chaotic because, the, you know, usually in a theater, they're able to clear the non-VIPs out and then it's really easy to, to move everyone else around. But because... Um, it was a wide open space and there were thousands of people. It was a little bit chaotic. Um, so they, they're like, sit down here. And then everyone sits down. They're like, no, actually sit down over here. So we, you know, we had to move around quite a bit. Uh, but then finally they brought us all the way over to this um, little private section. It was all outside. Um, and as you walk in, they hand you a piece of sheet music. I got, um, the piece I got was from Fun Zone, which was cool. Um, and they had pizza from uh, Pizza Pizza, which is an, uh, a pizza chain in, uh, in Canada, if you could guess, that a place called Pizza Pizza. Uh, pizza was, um, I think there was cheese and pepperoni, and they had, um, you know, tables out. So people, you know, hung out, and then uh, they had this great um, bookcase uh, with a, a TV screen fireplace, and they had all these uh, books with these fake uh, titles that were really funny. And I saw that there was actually a um, an Andy Warhol, Weird Al, Campbell soup can stuffed in with the books. Um, and I asked Jeff uh, McClellan, who created those, if he put it there, and he said no. So it must have been JW uh, stashing his can there. So that was really a cool Easter egg to find that can uh, in with all the fake books. Um, yeah, so then how it works is they, they line everybody up for the meet and greet. Uh, you line up, you get your picture with Al, you say hi to him real quick, and then you get shuffled off. And then after, um, after a few minutes, they print out the picture they take of you and Al, 
and they put it in a um, a folder. It's all branded with uh, wow. you know weird out stuff on it. And so you pick it up, and so you have the 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 uh, the image. You have the folder, and then you get back in line, and you meet Al a second time. And the second time you meet Al is not for a picture; it's to get an autograph. Um, so I went and I got my uh, poster of the Dare to Be Stupid artwork from um, I think it was Saint Augustine. Um, correct me on at two thousand inch or. Uh, three four seven spatula. I'm sure. I'm sure I got that wrong. One of the Florida shows that really cool dare to be stupid poster. Um, I had ordered it from the artist, so I brought that. Um, I had Al sign on one of the chainsaws. It looked really cool, and um, I commented to Al. I said, "Hey, I heard you uh, listen to the podcast," and he said, "Yes, I do," and he said he enjoyed it. So uh, it was really cool to uh, to get to see Al for the first time this tour. Uh, looking forward to seeing him again. Uh, the upcoming shows, uh, my next show will be at the Landmark Theater in Syracuse on July 11th, Syracuse, New York. And that is Al's next show, too. So they are, um, right after Toronto, they uh, shipped on over to Syracuse, which is where I am now. And um, they're here for a couple days. And then, of course, um, they will have the show on the 11th. And then on the 12th, um, I'll be heading down to... Um, Philadelphia to see the show down there. I have a couple days off, and then um, I'll be meeting. Oh, and uh, I should say, uh, Dave will also be at the Philadelphia show. Um, so we're going to meet up with him. We're going to meet up with UH Jeff, who's flying in just for the concert. And um, we're going to see a, a bunch of other fans. We're very excited. There's going to be a lot of East Coast Weird Al fans there. Uh, so it'll be a good little reunion at the Philadelphia show. And then next week, uh, Dave and I, uh, along with Jackie, will be making the pilgrimage down to Vienna, Virginia uh, for that show. So um, those are the next shows we're going to be doing. So you can look forward to those next couple of centimeter episodes. I want to th- uh, take the opportunity to thank my grandma and my mom for joining me uh, with this episode. What do you guys think uh, of the, uh, the 10 centimeter? The, that's this podcast. Oh. Episode is ten centimeter. It's our it's our it's our bonus episode. Episode ten it was centimeter. Fun. Thank you for having us. See, sounds, sounds interesting. Yeah. Now you don't even have to go to a Weird Al show. You no. you heard all about it. You all the spoilers are out there. You know what color his beverage is during Jurassic Park. Um, you think you guys would would still want to go to a Weird Al show? Well, yeah. No, oh, yeah, I would really want to go. Yeah. Well, now you want to go even more. That's great. great. Well, thank you guys for joining me. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us, of course, online at 2000inch.com. As I mentioned, you can call our 24-7 podcast hotline at 347-SPATULA. And you can leave us messages. And maybe we'll even play them on a future episode. And um, you can, uh, as I said, find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, all of those our username is at 2000inch, and we have a Facebook group that you can join, which um, when I looked the other day, we had exactly 27 members, uh, so that is that is very exciting, and hopefully no one else ever joins, and we can just keep it at 27 for, um, for extra Weird Al love, and uh, we'll be back uh, with, uh, with more uh, bonus episodes, with more actual episodes uh, coming soon. Thank you guys so much. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 10 centimeter.
Dave and Ethan's Grandma's 2000-Inch Weird Al podcast. Yeah, I can get behind that.